Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, I just think, you know, his ability to um, make big plays when they seemingly aren't there. Um, you know, his ability to make things happen, I think, is... Uh, and he's been... And I think also the way he started so fast, you know, to come in and have never played his rookie year, go in his first year and do what he did and then never really look back... Um, you know, that's, that's hard to do, and he did it. And uh, and so, um, you know, he's, he's a great player. There he is, Mr. Tuesday off day himself, Kirk Cousins. Spending oh. a great day at the ballpark in disguise. Not disguise, but he had, like, sunglasses on and a hat pulled down low. It didn't really work stand. out, but he talked about the, the, the decision to go to the ball game. Like he and he and Julie were talking about taking the boys because mm. their nap time is ordinarily then, that's, but they can't go to night bad. games because you know the boys got, got to go to sleep. And so, and he's like, "Do I really want to go through the hassle of going?" And then he decided, "I do." Like this was a he wasn't off on Tuesday. He was on big time dad duty in making the decision. With along, I'm sure, with Julie to go to the Twins game. So this was a tough day for her. Do you think he parked an extra couple blocks away from a different parking garage, you know, to save a couple bucks? To save a couple bucks? My yeah. dad used to do that. Dad, yeah. why are we walking he four on, miles yeah, to that, the that Metrodome was, right now? The fact that he went on the secondary market <laughs> to get tickets is hilarious. And Doogie said in the press conference, you could have been in a suite. You could have been sitting literally in could have been like in the owner's suite yes. or something. And Kirk's right? like, I just went on the secondary. You know, we, we just went online and bought tickets. Last second okay. decision. Question for you in the audience, okay? Just going to throw it out there. It was Tuesday, right? Tuesday's the big Kirk does not work on Tuesdays. Tuesdays are off days. How do you feel about that during season on the line Chiefs week that 
your starting quarterback instead of studying the Chiefs defense, studying the Vikings offense was just hanging out at a Twins playoff game. I think as a dad, it's a great move. I think as a dad, it's a great move. But I was just going to ask you, where do you you (laughs) think Patrick Mahomes was on Tuesday? Not at the twin. Well, he wasn't at the Royals game. We yeah, know that. Sure. No, I know. But yeah, do you think yeah, he was be at a Royals game, hanging huh? out in in that palatial estate? And my <laughs> God, is that thing huge? Do, do you think he was on the golf course or the small or, or the golf hole that he built in the backyard of his house? Or do you think he was at one Chiefs place looking at film? What, is that the address? One Chiefs, one Chiefs no, Boulevard? I have no idea. It sounds, I think it's Circle. One Chiefs it, Circle. It sounds good. One Andy Reid, <laughs> Hank Stram place. Anyway. So we'll see. So hopefully Kirk can cram in some extra work, you know, middle of the week here, Wednesday, this Thursday. Just we have a great show for you today on Purple Daily. We've got State of the Offense. We've got a random Viking of the Week. We're going to get to all of that and more. A shout out to our friends at Surly Brewing Company. Every time I go to our local liquor store, I see maybe only a couple different cases of Surly's Before I Die Lager because it is flying off the shelves this fall, gentlemen. And how can it not be? How can Before I Die not be uh, flying off the shelves, of course, available in your favorite bars as well? And, I mean, it speaks to what? It speaks to what the folks, our friends at Surly Brewing want and what our friends throughout the uh, PD family want, which is one before we die. We're not asking for for a lot. In fact, perhaps the twins are showing a blueprint right now of how to have playoff success. So yes, Surly Brewing. Now, of course, I I could talk a lot about Furious, which I absolutely love, Logic Bomb, but Before I Die speaks to everything this show is about and everything the PD family is about. Amen. Also, uh, a shout out to our friends over at Three Jack, too, which is one of our favorite establishments in the North. Loop. It's a beautiful day to go over to uh, Three Jack at some of those pulled chicken nachos. It is. In fact, I, I got a note from a listener um, just uh, yesterday from Travis. He said, you know, hey, Dex, I'm, I'm thinking about having my 30th birthday party at Three Jack. What do I do? Well, it's easy, Travis. You go to threejack.com, click on the events page. They have a, they have a, literally a, a direct contact, a direct page to fill out for private parties and event inquiries. We had a company kind of shindig there about a couple weeks ago. So whether you're having a birthday party, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it at 3Jack with those golf simulator bays, those loaded nachos, great tap list, plus awesome game day specials too if you want to catch the game there. I'll go to 3Jack and go support our friends at 3Jack in the North Loop. All right, time for a State of the Vikings offense rundown here, boys. We'll give you sort of the overall snapshot, then we'll get into some key categories and do Deep football dive. Mm. All right. Mm. Here we go. Where does the Vikings offense rank overall compared to the rest of the league? It's very interesting because yards per play, they are third behind only the Dolphins and the 49ers. That's right. The Vikings move the ball on a per play basis better than every single team in the NFL except for the 49ers and the Dolphins. When it comes to the actual productivity, like scoring points and things like that. 16th in the NFL in points per game, 17th in expected points added, and 12th in DVOA, which that's how you, uh, when you turn the ball over like, you know, 46 times in the first four games, that's how you have a gap between your yardage and your scoring and some of the other things. Uh, State of Kirk Cousins, he ranks sixth among all quarterbacks in passer rating, 13th in QBR, 13th in PFF grade, 
and 11th in expected points added. So anywhere between 6th and 13th, depending on which metric you use. So before we get into some of the other uh, main categories here, just your thoughts on the the first four games of the Vikings, first four games of Kirk Cousins offensively. Well, it's intriguing because my guess is, and I don't recall uh, if you recited the same statistics, especially on Kirk last week, but my guess is that the Carolina game dragged him down. And, of course, the Carolina game is the one win. Um, yeah. So, as I have always said, I am not nearly as worried about the counting stats or about the overall stats on Kirk as I am on the production at key times. And a year ago, when you orchestrate an NFL tying eight fourth-quarter comebacks, that's damn impressive. And the fact his stats slipped, I don't care. Um, conversely, against the Chargers, I think that late in that game, he played a role in the loss. And so, yes, his stats were magnificent. But you know what? You lost. Uh, which is why I'm also not bashing him for the Carolina game. So, I, you know, my whole thing with Kirk has always been... I'm not going to put the importance on the exact stats. There are some stats clearly that you, you know, try and avoid, like throwing too many picks. Um, But my focus is what is the team doing and how much in crucial moments is Kirk driving that? And, And on Sunday, you know what? He was not good, but he did throw two touchdowns. Um, and the Vikings won a game, and so I, I am, I am very, I'm going to be very diplomatic about the fact that his stats might have slumped or shrunk because of that. Uh, I've, I'm pretty still in a wait and see mode still with the offense, not because I don't think it's legitimate, but you have not scored enough points, and I know turnovers stink. There's four at the goal line, there's been four at goal to go, and and that's an incredibly unlucky thing. But at the end of the day, you got to get points, man. And yards are yards, that's phenomenal, uh, but. There's other teams, too, that obviously move the ball well, but then you get into the red zone and you stall out, too. So, like, yes, the turnovers stink, but other offenses can move the football, but then they stall out in the red zone, too. So until they start actually putting up the points that they're supposed to do, whether that's by the grace of football gods or not, uh, I still need to see a little bit more from this offense. Yeah, It's it's definitely a formidable offense. I think the the fact that they were they were kind of flipped last year where they were constantly, like, 20th in kind of the yardage, they would they wouldn't be able to sustain drives but they would score more points than the yardage would dictate because they were much better fourth quarter. They would come back, and I think they led the league in fourth quarter scoring. And this year it's kind of flipped in that they're moving the ball way better than they were last year, and they can't finish some of these drives. So let's start with the first category here, which is ifs, ands, and buts. (laughs) You guys touched on some of this. Four turnovers on the goal line. Four turnovers in the first four games on the goal line. We're about to punch it in here. Yep. We're in the red zone, maybe even in the deep red. Yep. Yeah. That's right. The deep red football. Yeah. Well, yeah, here we go, up. boys. That's mm-hmm. where they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were to give them four touchdowns instead of four turnovers on the goal line, which, I mean, there's a chance that maybe like it's only three touchdowns and a field goal or something, but you're going to score points. You're at the goal line, right? Let's give them four touchdowns instead of four turnovers. They would go from 22 and a half points per game to 29 and a half points per game. And that would be fifth in the NFL in scoring offense. So you'd be coming in here and you'd be top three in yards per play. And you would be top five in offensive scoring with a defense that makes teams have to solve a, a riddle every time they walk up to the line of scrimmage, right? It is incredible. Again, if, and, but if this, if that, I get it. That's at the end of the day, you're one and three and you haven't scored those points, 
but how much different we would be talking about this team, feeling about this team, how much different their record would be if you flip those four goal line turnovers into touchdowns. So those four are uh, Justin Jefferson trying to extend at the goal line, the K.J. Osborne pick, the T.J. Hawkinson, the Hawkinson tip, pick, and what's the fourth one? And then one? The, pick, the pick six. And the pick six, okay. So the one thing about all... The one thing about at least three of the four, if not all four, is this. They're not flukes. Like, they're not bad luck. They're self-created. I, I mean, the pick six is awful. Kirk fell on the sword, and he should have. Now, I wish it didn't bug him for the rest of the game, because I don't think that helps his mindset. But um, the the Hawkinson play was a tick late. Like, forget the blame there, okay? It's the it, it's a tick. Like, that. that's the type of play that you that – you work on in training camp when you go through practice in training camp so that it works. The KJ Osborne Dude, ball. I had an ear infection for a few days last week. I take everything I said about TJ Hawkinson. There's no way you'd be yeah. able to put a helmet on with a yeah, bad ear. But except you really so, sorry, did. TJ. Except you did. Like you, you were upset I I, I at actually, your I Hubbard the, contract. I got the antibiotic eardrops. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying that you didn't develop it because of being upset about your company contract. No, in fact, I'm in a contract yeah. year here. Yeah, and, I'm right. and you're playing day. through it, right. damn it. So you know, and you're yeah. playing through it. <laughs> the Jefferson reach was was you know, everyone admitted not a smart play, and so that's the type of thing you literally have to clean up. Mm-hmm. Like it's not luck. It's not like well, their luck will change. No, you clean that stuff up, and so that's where I've got some frustration there. And and I mean, you know, the KJ pick, the the first one with. That got tipped. You know, Kirk said, well, I didn't want to lead him into the safety, and so I was concerned. So I threw it sort of back shoulder behind him. There's one player on the team who might adjust, and his name is not K.J. Osborne. So um, I think it's, you know, starting with this game, it's imperative that when you get into the red zone, and especially to what you just said, the deep red, that you clean this crap up and get it right. And I don't care how you get it right. I don't care if you decide to run. And I will say there's an interesting, I feel like, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit on on this. I feel like there's an interesting dynamic developing here, and I'm not totally shocked. I feel like the run game is really, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but it started to pick up. Let's segue now. And this takes, and, and I will say this in defense of the run game, I think what they're doing does take some time. Like you can work on it in training camp, but I but I do think this is something that is maturing and Oliver's play, he's definitely finding his role. So this could be a very important part of any resurgence we potentially see. It's a good segue into the second category, which is the emergence of the Vikings run game. So here's where they stand after by the way not being able to run the ball at all in the first two games. They were just completely inept and unable to do anything. And it led to them bringing on Cam Akers and, you know, and just kind of having to take a whole new look at things. They brought in Dalton Reisner and Cam Akers after those first two games, not because they weren't throwing the ball well. I mean, some of it was like Ed Ingram was a sieve and they needed some protection there too, but it was just as much about running the ball, those two additions, right? So right now, even with those putrid first two games, If you take the first four games in totality, the Vikings rank seventh in the NFL in yards per carry this year, Mm. second in PFF run blocking grade as a team unit, sixth in ESPN's run block win rate. That's right. Run block win rate. Football. Let's go. Come on now. 
Come on. Brian O'Neill is the league's, uh, uh, sorry, he's the highest graded run blocking offensive tackle. And Josh Oliver is the league's second highest graded run blocking tight end. Yeah. The, the, the run game has completely changed in the last two weeks. And the offensive line is getting a ton of push. We've seen it on film with Boone in those trenches episodes. So this is, as you look to see, you know, can they win some of these games? Can they beat the Chiefs or the 40? They have to beat the Chiefs or the 49ers, maybe both, if they want to make the playoffs. Well, if you could run the ball like this and get push, and now you're running play action and bootlegs, this is how, this is how the offense becomes the full version of itself right here. Yeah, and this one, um, in their defense a little bit, I to go back to what I said before, it does take some time. Like, you're going from a team that in 2022 relied on 11 personnel an absolute ton, and now you're, you're going to, you know, more 12 personnel. And I do think that training camp allows for practicing that, but you also, there's so much involved, right? Like, it's not, it's not what can, what can, Madison do no it's what can he do but it's what can the offensive line do when does Mm -hmm. Oliver get accustomed to essentially being as Booney said an honorary member of the offensive line (laughs) and so I think what we're seeing though and this is the most important thing too and Madison is not a pro bowl type player I'll fully admit that but I think what we are seeing now is the run game this is um, basically an illustration of how the run game is a timing thing, and it's not all about one guy. It's all about and and I think the addition of Acres is going to help with, with the fact that although O'Connell keeps trying to talk him up, I think to keep him confident that Ty Chandler clearly has disappointed them. Uh, but you know the run game is a lot of things being in sync, and we're starting to see that. And I can't say I'm totally shocked that those things weren't in sync in weeks one and two. So. To me, this is among the things that we have seen within the first, what, four games now, this might be the most optimistic thing mm-hmm. because I'm not shocked this one took time and it's not something that I guess we should have expected in week one just to click. Mm-hmm. And it's a good sign because you, you have to still marry the run with the pass and vice versa. Like they can't just pass every dang time. And luckily it's starting to pick up a little bit. But um, even like, I think this marries both from our last two points on them getting yards but not getting points. Like the Eagles, for example, are fifth in the NFL right now in total yards per game. They average almost 400 yards a game, which is absurd. Uh, they're they're tenth in yards per play. They're second in rushing, but in the red zone, they are 24th in the NFL behind offenses like the Jets, the Raiders, and the Bucks. And at the end of the day, you can march down the field all you want, and you can obviously get some nice uh, nice running and passing mix. But if you're not scoring points, it's kind of hard for me to take an offense seriously. And that's where you just like, if you can be situational masters, which is what KLC wants you to do, that's where if you get deep into the red zone and start converting these points and get these sustained drives like you saw last year, I can be a lot more big buyer into this offense. Another thing, too, on the run game side of it is you don't you don't necessarily if there's a misnomer that you have to run the ball effectively for play action to also work effectively. That's not necessarily true because the Vikings actually were lighting it up with play action the first two weeks, despite not being able to move the ball, you know, past the the length of a pencil. So, uh, but I think play action tends to be even more of a threat if they have to respect with an extra guy in the box or whatever it may be, or if they maybe have to take an extra step forward, the linebackers, right? Safety. So it doesn't hurt to have a great running game 
to to activate your play action. Kirk Cousins, when running play action this year, 74% completions, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 122 passer rating. And they're running play action about one in every three pass plays. So it can't hurt. If, if your running game gets unlocked, I mean, hell, look at the season Brock Purdy's having. That's not just because he's dropping back every time, you know, four wide, five wide. They're running, they're running heavy personnel packages. The threat of the run takes some of the defenders, out of, puts them out of position, and boom, now he's got someone streaking wide open over the middle. And uh, it's easy pitch and catch for him. Did you say heavy personnel packages being run? I said heavy personnel Whoa, packages. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, meat and we are into the we are we are rolling around in meat and potatoes football right now. It's a blast, man. This is uh, let's get to the next category here. Mm -hmm. Talking about the heavies. Let's talk about the actual heavies up front here. Pass protection. Kirk Cousins running for his life, right? Oh, my God. Everything's on fire. The building's always on fire. He's running for his life. Ah, ah. Oh, God, right? <laughs> oh, every game. Yep. <laughs> so that's not the case this year. Now, he still takes hits because he's not as mobile. He can't get out of the way you know, of the freight train like some of the other quarterbacks can. But here's the Vikings pass protection, which has not been good the last 10 years, right? Fourth in PFF's pass block grade as a team. Yep. Fourth in ESPN's pass block win rate. And Cousins so far this year is the 10th least pressured quarterback in the National Football League. So even though Ed Ingram isn't perfect, you know, go find me an offensive line that has five just flawless, perfect dudes up front forming a brick wall. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So there, I think Ed Ingram remains the weak link, and it would be nice if, if Reisner could step in there and make it even better. But this is a top five pass protection unit, PFF and ESPN, through the first four games of the season. It's the best pass protection Kirk Cousins has had in his career as a Vikings quarterback. And the thing about this, too, is, and Carolina didn't accomplish this, and, I mean, they're they're not that good, but I think the thing about this, I think the concern, I think the Reisner signing was in part driven by the fact that Kirk did take, especially in those first two, two games, some big-time hits from interior pressure. And, look, here's the thing, too, and and this is partially why, Offensive lines now, I think, are beginning to look more, more and more suspect. Fifteen years ago, defensive tackles weren't what they are now. Like, defensive tackles are pseudo-defensive ends now. Like, yeah. like, Aaron Donald back in the day was a defensive end, right? He was not a tackle. Tackles were the big guys. They they stopped the run, and they might have applied. Like, you, you were happy if your defensive tackle stumbled forward and the quarterback had to like move. Now that guy's a threat, but yes, Kirk has gotten, I think overall sufficient protection. And this is where there have been certainly some plays this season where you need Kirk to, to and crusaders. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it where you need him to do more at times where a year ago in the fourth quarter, especially he did more. Um, but to your point, Phil, about these next few games, and I'm actually thinking the next four games, and this, this is going to be very, very tough, but I think it's the only thing to keep hope alive. The next four games uh, go Kansas City at Chicago, home to San Fran at Green Bay. I think you need to go three and one. Now, that's a huge ask, uh-huh. but I think, to, I think to consider yourself a playoff, like a wild card contender, 
at the very least. Yeah. You need to go three and one. And this is where you are going to need this whole thing from a standpoint of the play calling by O'Connell to Kirk himself to the entire offense to be in complete sync. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. The Packers game, we can sit here now and be like, I mean, the Vikings are better than the Packers. They should. Yeah, but forget about the opponent for a second. The team that plays the 49ers almost always loses the next week because of the battle you just went through against the 49ers. So it could be the the Panthers again that you're playing, and it would be difficult to come back and get back up for the next game and, and win it, right? So, But let's say they go 2-2, two and two, and they're 3-5. and five. Right. You know, they'd probably have to finish seven and two the think, rest of the way. Yeah, I think to, it gets to be a real yeah, the math the gets hard. Yeah, yeah, between and I'll include the Packers game. I know you're saying three and one in the Packers game, but yeah, after the Packers, they have the Falcons, the Saints, the Broncos, the Bears, the Raiders, and the Bengals. Who now Joe Burrow could be healthy by then. Maybe they're better, but even admitting that Bengals game, those six games: Packers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders. Like you could realistically go probably four and two in that stretch. So let's keep doing this. Okay. So <laughs> let, let's say they go realistically two and two over the next four games. Yeah. That's right. Like three and fair. one would be, It'd be incredible. dude, if they go three and one and they beat the Chiefs or the Niners, they're back on track. It's, ga- it's game yes. on. You you're back good. on track. Yeah. You're ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. You feel if good. you more realistically go two and two, mm-hmm. and now you're three and five. And I agree with Dex. I thought you were going to say they could go like six and zero. I'm like, no. I mean, the Fal- There's some tough games. Like the I'm not going to say you run out. the table for six straight games. I think but that's four and two. Four and two. That's I think good. that's obtainable. Yes. So now you go. Th- you're three and five, and you go four and two. In your next. Now you're back to. Is my math right? Seven and seven. seven. Yep. With two games against the Lions, and then is it the remaining Bengals game against and the- Packers? So four game. Well, you'd have four games left. But you included that the Bengals game. in that four oh, and two. I, uh, um, I was including the six as in the Packers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Broncos, the Bears, the Raiders. Got it. Okay. So then you have four games left between the Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. Got it. Okay. But you, you, but you, so you, you would still be, right, seven and seven going into. Well, the, now we only have three games left. So our math just broke hilarious. there somewhere. Incredible. Yeah. You, you threw the Packers game into to your next next equation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying I think it's oh, the I next four it. games, yeah. which okay. ends with the Packers. <laughs> That's our Either math. Way, I think what we just decided there is we're, we're bad at math. Yes. And the math to get back to seven and seven <laughs> yeah. is hard Sorry. if you don't beat the Chiefs or the 49ers, right? Or go oh, bonkers God, yeah. in the six games after that. Yes. So. Okay, you guys kind of touched on red zone and situational football earlier here. Mm. So I want to throw this out at you for the the last category of state of the offense. Oh, by the way, one more thing on the pressure. So, again, Kirk is the 10th least pressured quarterback in the NFL. The offensive line in terms of pass protection is top four in both PFF and ESPN graded. So, I mean, this is about as good as it gets, folks, realistically, especially when you're paying one guy that much money. It's hard to like then pay a bunch of other guys along the offensive line. So when he is pressured, however, 
he has struggled this year compared to last year. When he's pressured, he's 22nd in PFF grade and 23rd in completion percentage. So he's just getting a little bit more rattled by pressure, maybe because it's interior pressure. It's harder for him to get away. Sure. But something to keep an eye on that he earlier in his career and his Vikings tenure, pressure really got to him. Like act like not figurative pressure, which you could also argue gets to him, but actual pressure. Last year, Kevin O'Connell helped iron some of that stuff out. This year, back to being a little bit rattled when he gets pressured. Third down in red zone. Here's the final category. So this year, the Vikings are 21st in third down conversion rate, and they're 21st in red zone touchdown percentage. So they're bottom third of the league in terms of third down and red zone, which is not good. Yep. But I look back at Kirk Cousins' career, so all of the offenses that he has captained, going back, we'll start with just his Vikings tenure. The average Kirk Cousins offense ranks 18th in third down percentage since he joined the Vikings. So that's five and a half seasons of sample size. 18th, not good on third down. Red zone, 12th. So, and, and by the way, Kirk has had, before this season where they're 21st, last year they were 8th in red zone touchdown percentage. The year before that, they were ninth, and then 6th and 10th. So generally, Kirk Cousins-led Vikings teams are top 10 in converting red zone trips to touchdowns. But they are bottom third of the league-ish in third down. Third and eight, the, the opposing team knows you have to throw the ball. A little bit tougher for him. Um, the year before he arrived to Minnesota, Washington was 31st in third down percentage and uh, 18th and 29th in red zone percentage. So these have been like, especially third down, it's been kind of a bugaboo for his entire career. Right. Uh, red zone percentage hasn't really been. So I would expect red zone percentage to keep getting better. Again, stop turning the ball over on the goal line right. and your red zone percentage will be much better this season. The third down thing, I don't know if it's as fixable for him. Now, is there a, a stat that you have or we can find about what the Vikings' average third down is? Because that would be my question, too. Because, again, part part of the reason for trying to establish the run game more was to be in, let's say, third and three, third and four, uh, where you've got a ton of options as opposed to third and 12, where there's really not a good play on third and 12 beyond throw the ball to 18 and right. say a prayer. You know, there used to be a great resource for that, and they shut down before last season. Sharp football used to have, like, the, oh, the shut average. Down? Yeah. I didn't know he that. Stopped, he stopped, like, updating the stats last year. So um, I'll have to find a new landing spot for, like, what's the average third down? Third down in blank is yeah. your average third down, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I think part of it, too, is he's just, when it's third down and six, third down and nine, like, a lot of third downs, the opposing team knows you have to pass. Patrick Mahomes is constantly at the top, the top of the third down percentage list. It's a little harder for Kirk when the opposing team knows he has to pass. Yeah. He's better off play action. He's better with some, but deception. he's no threat to really run too. that too. Like you don't have yep. to be concerned about that. He, he might fall forward for three yards, but if it's third yep. and third and six, he ain't getting six yards ordinarily. Correct. He's not going to pick, you're not going to pick it up like a Josh Allen would or like that run that Patrick Mahomes had on third down to seal where there was uh, a questionable, look like a hold on the, uh, oh, it wasn't questionable. The left tackle. They completely didn't call it. <laughs> but like Mahomes ran for 30 yards on, I think it was right. a third down and 20 or something. That That's not really as much in Kirk's arsenal. So, and there you have it. I can't tell you what their average is, but in situations, at least on NFL GSIS. So, 
they have been in 12 situations on third and three, between third and three and third and five to go. So between three and five yards to go on third down. They've had 12 plays in that propensity. They've had 12 passing plays, and they have only converted half of those into first downs. Obviously. So third and, third and short-ish. Yes, third, third and short-ish. Third and three to five to go. They hmm. have 12 plays. They have converted six first downs, and they're only averaging 2.75 yards per pass on those third and five to go. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. So that's just a snippet of, of the data here, but yeah, got to be better on third down, got to be better in the red zone. But you're, the offensive line is about as good as it's been since Kirk Cousins got here in 2018. Is probably my main takeaway from these first four weeks. Impressively, too, um, Brian O'Neill, a big man coming off any type of Achilles, mm-hmm. has really been good. Like to to your point about you know in blocking run blocking, but I mean that's not a that's not a small thing and and I know it wasn't a complete tear which helped a lot but that's not a small thing for a guy of that size to yeah. come back and play this well like it's really impressive. Yep, it's it was one of the more sort of low key anxieties going into the years like I don't know man I know it's not a full tear but it's a three hundred pounder with an Achilles what's he gonna look like I mean well, our doctor he, friend t- told us not, uh, not to be concerned Alex but I was still concerned so dude trust the been... purple daily foot doctor that's the moral here <laughs> trust the purple from now daily on foot I will doctor. Alex I'm sorry mm-hmm. I ever doubted you very very you know sorry. what we never doubt is our new partners at quick trip here never doubt quick trip as the best convenience store yeah, quick trip. in the upper middle Declan, yeah. exactly i mean dex dex stops in there every single day brings mm-hmm. me karuba coffee mm-hmm. gets his gas filled up stops the propane in, tank and like gets, for, for the grill oh, that, that's that's the you know yeah. what where the hell are you gonna have to put the propane tank no you just exchange it with quick trip you drop off the old one, yep. and you get the new one. That's what it's all about. Super easy. It's yeah. what it's all about. It's why the burbs are great. And and you talk about choices, too. Food choices. I'm talking about dinner prep. I'm talking about dinner on special every Monday. A roasted whole chicken, boys, prepared fresh daily and great for, as I said, meal prep or easy dinners. How about chicken tenders prepared fresh every single day, hand-breaded, and seriously huge? We're talking jumbo here Three or eight pieces, perfect for a quick and easy lunch or dinner. Uh, also, chicken sandwich or boneless wings. Yeah, that's right. I said boneless wings, Phil Mackey. Sorry, I'll give you the oh, yeah. football. Football. Thank you very much. Quick Trip is the place to go. Quick Trip has it all. Again, our friends at Quick Trip, welcome aboard. It's been a great start. And as as we said a couple of days ago, too, if you stop by Quick Trip, don't be afraid to tweet us your pictures from Quick Trip to show that you are supporting us and our partner. You can uh, um, tweet them to at Score North, at Jay Zolgad. Any one of us would love to see you acknowledging your stop at Quick Trip. Tweet us your trips. Tweet us your trips. Oh, oh, I like um, Dex, Underdog Fantasy, what's happening there this week? This is a big weekend for Minnesota sports. Huh? Oh underdog to make it even more fun. Oh, you got the Twins. You got the Vikings. You even got go for football. They do college football at Underdog Fantasy. Um, and in fact, if you're a new user, you haven't signed up for Underdog Fantasy yet. First off, what the heck are you doing? But if you haven't, you can go to Underdog Fantasy, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll give you a $100 match, up to 100 bucks, and a free mystery pick'em special. So basically a free item in a pick'em slip for you from our mm. friends at Underdog Fantasy. We love seeing all the winning slips. Tweet us your slips. 
Love to show them right here on the show. Uh, we had a bunch of people sign up in September. We have more people that have signed up so far in just a few days in October. Uh, you can join with Underdog Fantasy promo code SCORE and a free mystery pick'em option plus at a $100 deposit match. Um, hey, we got breaking Vikings news here. We do. Breaking Vikings news. Yeah. I love the sounder. Breaking quarterback news. Gasp. Yeah. According to our friend Tom Pelissero and former colleague Tom Pelissero, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Vikings have signed a new quarterback to their practice squad. Okay. A familiar name. Kyle Slaughter. You're kind of close, maybe. Tanner Morgan, former Minnesota Gophers well, starting quarterback, has been signed to the Vikings practice squad. Hold on. He's, wow. he's, he's some type of assistant something for Fleck, I thought. He, not anymore. He's not on the Vikings right, practice squad not, now. Not Boy, yeah, there anymore. Hey, kid, here's two choices for you. Yeah. He you can either be like he's a coach. A, he's a coach. You can be a graduate assistant on yeah. a mediocre Power 5 football team that's a three-touchdown underdog against Michigan, or you can play in the NFL. That practice squad money, baby. Don't forget Mitch Leidner. Mitch Leidner once played in a Vikings preseason game <laughs> and gave up a promising career as a DoorDash driver. <laughs> You remember that? Yeah, he oh, yeah. did. No, I do. I do yep. remember. Gave up that. that career, DoorDash. Yeah. Anyway, Tanner so, Morgan. There it is. Right. Tanner, Mor- Tanner Morgan seems like a great sort of behind the scenes leadership guy. Great in the room, Phil. Uh, great. Maybe they're looking room. for an extra arm at practice. Just like Declan's, great in the room. Great in the room. Yep. Great in the room. Yep. So there you have it. Tanner Morgan is uh, the fourth Vikings quarterback on that practice squad. Him and him and Jaron Hall. I wonder if something's uh, up with Jaron. Looking to push Nick Mullins. So. Jaron Hall missed some practices last week, and it was listed as personal. I wonder if something's going on where he might be away or something. Yeah. I wonder yeah, if that's why. It. And KOC didn't really elaborate much on it, right? But he did miss practice. Yeah, he did miss practice. I think he was back. I think he was the inactive third quarterback for the game on Sunday, but I wonder if, if something's up there in his mm. personal life. Yeah, interesting. Something to to keep an eye on for sure here. Boys, it's time for a random Viking of the week. Our Thursday staple here on Purple Daily. A battle of historical wits. It's it's losers out every week, and I was the loser last week, so I am out. I'm going to give you guys a series of clues. You get up to three incorrect guesses each before you are eliminated. The last handful of random Vikings are Seatric Faison, Carl Eller, Dwayne Clemens, Mo Williams, Hank Basket, Bubby Brister. Boy, the first five we ever did back like two years ago were T-Jack, Kelly Campbell, Leroy Horde, Jerome Felton, and Hussein Abdullah. Judd has an all-time score of 60 correct guesses. Declan with 29. I have 13. In fairness, I started late. In the new era, Judd has eight. I have five. Declan has three. So here we go, boys. Are you guys ready for a random Viking of the Week? Yes, sir. Let's do this. Okay. This random Viking hails from, originally, from Parsons, Kansas. From the Plains. That's right. This random Viking of the Week played 49 career National Football League games. I'm going to read you an excerpt here from this random Viking's high school athletic career Mm. pretty impressive so in addition to football where obviously he was 
very good. Good enough to eventually play in the National Football League. He also lettered in basketball, track, and baseball. As a team captain in hoops, he earned All-State honors three consecutive years while guiding his school to the state tournament as a sophomore and a senior. That's, that's basketball. In track and field, he ran sprints, the 100, the 200, and the 4x100. And the 4x400. Man. As a junior and a senior, even qualified for the state championships in three events during his final year in track. And then as a baseball player, Lord. he played as a shortstop and a pitcher and was a second-team all-conference pick as a sophomore. Good Lord. Dude was an athlete. Despite all of that, this random Viking of the week was not considered an NFL prospect coming out of college, was not invited to the NFL scouting combine, and went undrafted. Hmm. This random Viking of the week actually played two stints with the Minnesota Vikings. He played for the Vikings, then he went to other places. And then he came back to the Vikings. He went two stints. Mm-hmm. Sean Hill. That's a great guess. Ooh. That's a great Sean guess. Sean Hill. Sean Hill. That's a great guess. There it that's is. That's a great guess. Good. God, that's a wow. great pull. <laughs> there. Wow, dude. Sean Hill. Sean Hill. Sean, Sean Hill, Hill ran track. seven games. Sean Hill. So he went to a small high school in Kansas. Okay. All right. So it should be noted that some of these accolades make him sound more athletic than he was when he was a 40 year old backup. Yeah, that's true. Good but uh, he was a, a good, solid backup and even like a decent starter for the Niners back in the day. Played seven games with the Vikings. That one start. Yep. It was the game against Tennessee, I believe, yep, after Teddy Bridgewater tore his knee up because Bradford wasn't quite ready. It was. He played for Mike Tice, Mike Nolan, Mike Singletary, Mike Zimmer. Played for four Mikes. Yeah. That would have been a great clue, Mike, actually, Mike, if Mike, I would have gotten there. He went to, he went to Maryland, right? He's a Maryland guy. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where Tice, because Tice was not, obviously didn't play with him, but was a Maryland guy. Pretty close, so. though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he holds the NFL Europe record for most completions in a season. He's a prolific wow. NFL Europe passer. The Amsterdam Admirals or something, yeah. I want to say. Interesting. So, so there he is. Uh, nice job, Judge Sean Hill. Track star shocks me of all those facts. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's like a big the sprinter, too. And to, to be able to do the one, the two, and the four by four, like, I ran the four by four. That's it, like, I, I, I don't envision a big dude like that being able to have that amount of sprinting ability. That he probably wasn't quite as big 20 years ago. You never That's know. My only... He was probably a rail in high school. He probably looked like me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he became school. an NFL quarterback size and overnight. He definitely, yeah, definitely enjoyed those Friday food spreads in the NFL, say, yeah. I guess. Who wouldn't? You know? You know? Um, hey, let's shout out our friends, Finch Home Solutions. We've, we've had several examples of Scornorth and Purple Daily listeners Hitting us up with their pictures. Hey, Cody Finch came in with that van. Yep. Fix my electrical. Yep. yep. And th th that's because when that van shows up, and yes, I'm sure if you ask him, C Cody will beep the horn for you. Beep, beep. <laughs> when that <laughs> van shows up, it means that whatever is wrong from an electro uh, electrical standpoint in your home, it's going to get fixed. It could be a small thing. It could be a rewiring of your entire house. You know what? It doesn't 
matter because Finch is professional. Finch is courteous. Finch, the folks are going to steer you right. They're going to tell you what needs to be done. They are not going to try and give you any excess things to think about because they know that they are relied upon because of the great job that they do. Finch Home Solutions can fix whatever is wrong. They can do it quickly. And right now, there's a deal on the table, too. So for the security of you and your family, because we're not talking about a DIY thing here. We're talking about you need the best available professionals. It's the Finch Friends and Family Plan. One free electrical inspection a year, no dispatch fee. Priority dispatching. So if you call them, guess what? You shoot to the top of that list and a 10% discount on all work performed in your home, only $9.95 a month. Call Finch, 612-357-2604, or go to their newly designed, beautiful now, website, finchhomesolutions.com, finchhomesolutions.com, and make sure to tell them the guys from Score North and Purple Daily told you to contact them. Uh, I'm told we have some great new items, too, in the scorenorth.com slash shop collectibles section. Scorenorth.com slash shop. Click on collectibles. Harrison Smith, fresh off Mm. three sacks in one game. He has tied his career high in sacks for a season in one game. Mm. And that is a custom signed Harrison Smith jersey right there. The Hitman's John Hancock. You can put that in your man cave. You can put it in your office. And you can show it off to your purple-loving friends there. Scornorth.com slash shop and click on collectibles to find all sorts of awesome things. Buy it now options, courtesy of our friends at Universal Sports Auctions, to deck out your home. So thanks for hanging out with us here on this State of the Offense Thursday, Random Viking of the Week Thursday. Huge weekend in Minnesota sports. Mm. Vikings, Chiefs. Vikings going to beat the Chiefs. Been telling you guys since Monday. Gophers in Michigan, Twins playoffs. You got the uh, Wild starting up next week. We got the the Wolves in Abu Dhabi. I mean, it's a blast, man. Minnesota United fighting for playoff position. So uh, Score North is your place if you're a Minnesota sports fan. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a Feedback Friday live at 10 a.m. Central Time on the Purple Daily YouTube channel.